Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. I'm your coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and I'm here to share all my ups, downs, and all-arounds of being a mom to my gorgeous Adia, owning a fitness business called Define London, and truly managing being a unsingle single mom as we cheer on my husband and his amazing business in Uganda. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. Is this a mic check? You heard that right. Uganda. And he is not doing the daily commute. So each week, I will be joined by a fellow inspiring, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We all need to take a deep breath together. We try, we navigate, and not be too hard on ourselves. I get it. I am human, and failures simply happen. I am not shiny, and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am, at its best and worst, busy mumsy. Before we get started with this week's show, I have to give a huge shout out to my much loved sponsor of this episode, the delicious Radiance Cleanse. The brand, which I regularly use for my own cleanse, was the UK's first soil association certified organic juice cleanse company and the first to offer an all green cleanse. If you have never done a cleanse before, you really must. It is so good for you and it has so many impactful and wonderful health and wellness benefits. It gives your body the opportunity to cut out processed, heavy, unhealthy foods and instead nourishes you with easy, digestible and nutritious juices made from the highest quality organic fruit and vegetables. Radiance offers one, three and five day programs to help you feel cleaner, brighter, energized and revitalized. Honestly, I have done them many a times and you know, day one, not going to lie. I'm a bit like, "Eh, I'm a bit bratty. Day two, feeling myself. Day three, I am invincible. Bring it on Radiance Cleanse. So what is so special about this for you, my busy mumsies? Well, just for being a listener to this show, you can get an exclusive 10% off of any purchase on the Radiance Cleanse platform. Use my code Ashley10 at checkout. Click the link in the show notes. It's going to take you there to all the health, all the wellness, all the good stuff that is really going to make you feel so good from the inside side out. Happy, happy days, my glorious busy mumsies. Ashley Verma here, and oh, do we have a goodie on the show today. We are welcoming the powerhouse that is Claire Sanderson, the editor-in-chief of Women's Health Magazine UK. Now, Claire and I met back in 2018 for a Women's Health Takeover at my Define London studio. We became fast friends and I personal trained her in my bar style ways up until I was ready to pop with Adia. Claire is an absolute force. She has taken Women's Health UK to an absolute mega level with Hearst Publishing House. Claire brings the best of the best science-backed information to the Women's Health magazine and I truly don't know how she does it all while juggling two very active kids. So let's welcome my fab and ever-inspiring friend onto the show. Claire Sanderson, welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast. Thank you very much for having me on your very new podcast. How exciting. Yeah, my my very, very new adventure. Well, I'm I'm so stoked um, that you are involved and I... For the listeners, yes, this is the Claire Sanderson, the Women's Health UK Editor-in-Chief. And if you are wondering if I am nervous and sweating and all of the things, the answer is yes. 
The answer is absolutely. I've known Claire since 2018 and you still make me nervous. Now, stop it. Stop it. Well, well, being that you are so much in the public eye and you you are not shy in, in public speaking, Claire, you are not shy at all. You know, we know all about women's health. And, you know, I I am going to ask you a little bit later about that, um, where it's going. But I want to know, when did you fall pregnant with Zachary? Where were you? Like, what were you working on? Like, who was Claire Sanderson when the gorgeous little Zachary, who's now, is he 10? He is 10 on June the 19th. So So 10 years ago, who was Claire Sanderson? And when she found out she was expecting. So I was working on a magazine called Look, which sadly no longer exists. Um, But it was a very successful weekly fashion magazine. It was sort of considered the high street grazia. So Grazia, where I worked beforehand, was the weekly fashion magazine for um, luxury fashion. And Look was the high street equivalent. Very, very successful magazine. So that's where I was when I fell pregnant with Zach. And Zach was sort of a honeymoon baby. Um, Dan and I had got married the previous June. And Zach was born the following June. And I went into labour on our wedding anniversary. So um, uh, exactly a year after our wedding day, Zach was born. So he wasn't quite a honeymoon baby, but we certainly didn't waste any time. He was uh, he was uh, the, the the honeymoon period of, of being married baby, let's say that. <laughs> and But then also like the workaholic that I know you to be, and I think that is a wonderful thing because it's it's wonderful what you do. How, what were the emotions like as being like someone, you know, 10 years ago, get like in, you know, publications and kind of knowing where you wanted to be, which is editor in chief. How mm-hmm. did you compartmentalize? Oh my gosh, I'm expecting a child. Well, I don't think I gave it enough thought, if I'm honest. Um, I thought it was going to take me a long time to get pregnant. It took my mother a very long time to get pregnant with me, and I'm talking 15 years after she got married um, in her late teens, which is what you did back then in the valleys in South Wales, where I'm from. So I was convinced that I was going to um, be the same so we um we stopped using contraception because my mother has a history of breast cancer and I mistakenly was led to believe at the time that you shouldn't stay on contraception if you have a history of breast cancer that's since been disproven so I was sort of intermittent when I took um contraception and I I came off it after we got married but I genuinely thought it was going to take me several years to get pregnant so when it happened almost instantaneously, I was shocked. I The day I found out, I cried. Um, Wales were playing in the Rugby World Cup. I'm a big Wales rugby fan. And um, the matches were in the morning because the, the, the tournament was in the Southern Hemisphere. And I remember being in Wales at the time at my parents' house and me and my father going to the local pub to watch Wales play France. It was They were in the quarterfinals. And I had just found out that I was pregnant. And I remember sitting in the pub crying. <laughs> and Wales lost. And I think people thought I was, you know, terribly devastated about Wales losing the match. But the truth was I was in shock about 
being pregnant and I, I I I and when I told Dan he couldn't quite believe it either. So I think if I'd given it more thought and in hindsight, but hindsight is a wonderful thing and no one can prepare you for what being a mum is until you are a mum. You know, you can be warned but no one can prepare you for the emotional and physical pressures of being a parent. So if I'd known then what I know now, I probably would have taken a bit longer and enjoyed being married a bit more. Like Dan and I have never been on that amazing Maldives type holiday, which I would love. Um, but now we've got two kids. That holiday's not going to happen until they are well, you know, well on their way to university or something. So then we can go and not have to pay a fortune to take them. So in, in hindsight, I wish I'd taken a bit longer. Then again, I was 34 when I had Zach. I wouldn't have wanted to be much older. Um, so it all worked out well in the, in the end, I suppose. You, you just weren't quite that geriatric. And I, and I use that with my, my flying quotations, my, my air quotes, because I had Addie and I'm considered a geriatric mom because yeah. I am. Uh, yeah, because it was later on, if you will. So then you fall pregnant and you are full steam ahead in a career. Yeah. How was that for you with giving the news to your office, um, your your ideas of where you wanted to see yourself um, with your career? Like, how, how was it for you figuring all of that out? I never for one moment thought it would impact my career. Working in women's publishing, um, it's a very supportive women, supporting women environment. In the past, I've worked in newspapers, in national newspapers. That's a, certainly then a less supportive environment of working mothers. Um, but women's magazines are different and they were then and they're even better now. So I never for one minute, A, thought I wouldn't go back to work full time. Didn't even enter my head that I wouldn't work full time. And B, that it would hold me back. I just knew that we'd have to make it work. Um, so I worked until three weeks before I gave birth. The only reason I stopped working at three weeks, not two weeks, was I had um, a pelvic disorder. I can't remember the name of it now, but it's when your pelvic goes out of alignment when you're heavily pregnant and I ended up on crutches. So I physically couldn't get to the office because this was in the days of strictly office work and there was no such thing as working from home then. But I worked right the way through my pregnancy. I felt great. I was very active. I am very active. I've always been very active. So I was walking everywhere. So I didn't put on much weight. I was I was healthy. I was eat, craving salads, which was fortunate. You know, didn't happen with my second. The second, when I had Nell, I was craving chips and custard. So that went the complete, you know, the other the other part of the spectrum. But with Zach, I just felt great because, and I and I truly believe, and I was told by many experts and doctors along the way that I was so fit and healthy before I got pregnant. It stood me in good stead to have a really active, easy pregnancy because I was I was physically fit and that, and I had any um, a very easy birth because I was I was fit and healthy and and just very. Yeah, I just felt great when I was pregnant. Less so with Nell, my my daughter, but with my first, I felt wonderful. So you had a, a great birth, and you ha you have been very vocal about mental health and how yeah. you know, in in your struggles and the ups downs and all arounds. Was this prior to having kids, or yeah. is this something? This is prior to having kids. So then, you know, the hormones and everything that come with. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> With bringing little nugget into the world and having two now, you know, you have two. How was it? How, how was it handling your mental health and then compartmentalizing with having a yeah. new and going back to work? So it's weird um, because I never had postnatal depression, even though I was flagged as a high risk. And the reason for that is I have a history of serious depression. In my twenties, I was hospitalised with life-threatening depression and anxiety. Hospitalised twice for a total of eleven weeks. So when I was pregnant and you have to declare, you know, your your medical history, I was put under the mental health care team and I was flagged as very high risk as someone who would develop postnatal depression. But I never did. Um, yes, I had the baby blues initially, but I was informed enough to know that they were the baby blues. You know, day three, milk kicks in, you're crying on the sofa, what by done, eating biscuits and all that. You know, I went, I went through all that. But I just got on with it. And that's my mentality. And you know me, actually very well. I'm just someone who wants to get on with things. Like, I don't suffer fools gladly. Um, I can't stand histrionics. I just want things done. Um, and I want things done in an orderly fashion. And I'm very pragmatic. And I think that's how I approached being a mum. And and I and I didn't I didn't succumb to postnatal depression. And I can't explain why the medical uh, uh, the doctors who I met certainly thought I was very likely to um, become depressed, but I never was, and and I and I didn't with Nell either. I'm someone who would describe myself. Um, I would describe myself as someone who lives with low level depression, um, and I manage it through exercise and good nutrition, and I I monitor my drinking. I try not to eat too much sugar. But having kids has certainly not complicated that. That is just my normal disposition, which I manage on a daily basis. And did you, have you seen like with your kids, like do do you find now, I mean, because you're no longer medicated or anything either, yeah. correct? Because you, you know, I, I mean, my hand's up. I think anyone that needs to go to therapy and seek that um, the advice if, if you need to go on medication, I think that there are some great meds out there that can really help you. I, for one, hands up, have been, um, I, I've gone in for counseling and I, I was on medication and it did me wonders when I needed it. Mm. Do you, with your kids, do you talk to them about mental health? Do you do, do you see bits of you in them that because I I ask this because my mom and dad took me to a therapist when I was six seven years old. I was a cannonball. I was someone who could not compartmentalize anger and any of it, like anything. And I would slam things. And my parents very early on looked at me and said, she needs help and we don't know what to do. So let's go get help. Do you, as someone who has struggled with mental health, can you look at your kids and, and say, oh no, no, I, or, or maybe they do need to seek treatment? I'm certainly not considered treatment for, for either of them. I can see elements of anxiety with my eldest, with Zach. Um, and then I can see, um, I can see myself with both my children, as as most people can. I can see Nell has got my no nonsense attitude. Will talk to anyone. Just wants to forge ahead in life. Whereas Zach is a more sensitive soul, and he's definitely prone to anxiety. But what, just like I utilize 
sport and being active and eating well to make sure my mental health is on an even keel. I very much preach that to my children as well. So I make sure they are both very active. They both do lots of sport. You know, Nell does cheerleading and football and swimming, actors, rugby, football and cricket. Um, and I, I know it benefits me, so it's, it's bound to benefit them. I try and reduce their screen time. I'm fighting a losing battle. Um, Father Christmas bought Zach a Nintendo Switch and Nell an iPad we um, really, really agonised whether we were going to allow Father Christmas to bring them these electronic devices, but we we gave in, and now it's a constant battle to get them off them. But I, I we're quite strict about it. We we they're only allowed it two hours a day on the weekend and not in the week because there's been so much research about how screen time can affect your mental health and your dopamine release, etc. So I just try and ensure that the strategies I put in place to preserve my mental health, I do the same for them too. Oh, amazing! I'm actually going to use that two hours of screen time for the weekend for Ricky because he has a Nintendo switch and well, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not only wrangling Adia, I'm going to, I need to wrangle my husband. And <laughs> is he is playing the Nintendo switch? Da, Dan plays it with Zach. Like Dan, on one hand, he's like, no, you're always on FIFA. Stop playing FIFA. And then I'll come up for a bath, say six o'clock on a, on a Sunday and I'll come down and they're there like having a very in-depth, game you know intense game of um and they and they have their own teams and they create they become football managers and they get sacked from teams i mean it's ridiculous dan's 42 i know ricky's a similar age as well it's ridiculous how grown men can become so so absorbed in it absolutely well, yeah. well speaking of dan because for the listeners dan is also very high profile and work 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 yeah. um in in uh in also the editorial life um with that said, so 2020 hit us all hard. Like it, it was, it was a slap. It was never a tickle, and we are still dealing with with all of it. Right? It's like we know 2022, and we are still in the aftermath and the effects of what it had on us. So the impact that it had on you as a family, as a family with two very big forces, the leaders mm. of the family that um, are excelling exponentially how did you how how did how did 2020 impact your family and how has it been over the past two years of navigating that work from home life that that hybrid kind of model that were a lot of businesses are in now so the very beginning of covid was definitely one of the most difficult periods of my life I had COVID, you know, the OG COVID when shortness of breath, coughing, and when it was quite frightening and no one really know, um, you know, we were seeing images on TV of doctors in hazmat suits and stuff, and it was all quite terrifying. Dan and I had it at the same time. Meanwhile, trying to look after our two children when we felt rotten, really quite dreadful for a good six weeks. Um, and we were trying to homeschool and we did um, a big event called Women's Health Live, which was meant to be an in real life event, but we pivoted to do it digitally and did it on YouTube, et cetera. So I was trying to manage that. So there was not a case of I could take time off because I couldn't. I had two lively children. We were trying to homeschool. We were both sick and I was trying to manage this digital event, which went on to attract 11 million um, video views. So it was a huge success. So that was really, really quite tough. And because I had two children of different 
learning age groups. You know, I had a, an eight-year-old and a, and a four-year-old. So the four-year-old could barely do her letters because she was in reception. And the eight-year-old is a typical boy, which um, he's very bright, but he will try and get away with doing the least possible unless you actually sit next to him, you know, and, and make him do it. So it was it was so, so difficult. And then it was made even more difficult by the fact that um, Dan is in news media. So his job, as you can imagine, became it became even more intense because the the news that of COVID needed to be needs to be disseminated, news and managing all that as well. Um, the only saving grace was that news journalists were considered key workers. So when the rules, the initial rules about key workers, children going to school was that both parents had to be key workers, which if you think about it is a nonsense because, um, you know, it's not that often the two key workers are, are married. Um, but then when um, the rules were relaxed in May, that the children could go to school if one parent was a key worker that meant my children could go to school. So because Dan by this point was back in London working as well. So once Dan recovered from COVID, he was the, he was back in the office. There was no working from home for, for the news media. Um, so then I was at home looking after the kids, getting them back and forth school while doing my job from home. So, so then it all became a much more calm experience. And in terms of how the last two years have impacted our family, um, Hearst has embraced um, hybrid working, as most companies have. And I think ultimately it's benefited my family. Dan still works in London five days a week and lives in London five days a week. He doesn't come home. So I'm a single mum in, in all, in all, um, in, 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 in essence, all week. I get it. But it's, it's that unsingle, single life. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's me basically. From Monday to Friday, it's, it's on me. But Pre-COVID, I definitely was not seeing enough of my kids because I was working five days a week in London, going up to London, three mornings a week, coming to Define to train with you, um, or Third Space, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really quite passionate about exercise, as I explained, for my mental health, so it's non-negotiable for me. We had a living au pair, which allowed me to do that, but that's not necessarily right, that my children were not seeing me much at all or their dad throughout the week. So what... COVID has done, it's become the great balancer um, for mine and many families where I do see more of my children. We've all realised what's important. Family time is important. Putting the children to bed, bathing them, listening to my daughter read. These are all things that I never did enough of before. So um, I do think the weight of responsibility disproportionately went towards women than men in COVID. I'm just going to put it out there. I do. I think a lot of um, the home life responsibilities fell on us while on women while we were still trying to do our jobs as well. And I do look at now um, responsibilities that pre-COVID I used to pay someone to do, like an au pair. I now do a lot of it myself, like dropping the kids back and forth school and stuff. Plus, while trying to do a full-time job. So I'm busier than ever. It's a different type of busy. I'm busier than ever, but at least I get to see more of my kids, which, which is a gift. No, that's an absolute gift. The, the third baby that you have, which is being the editor-in-chief of Women's Health, how has the past two years impacted your trajectory where you want Women's Health to be in the sense of, you know, yes, we had to pivot digitally, but what does that, how did that impact 
the shelf life of women's health. So Women's Health is doing extraordinarily well. It's got a bigger brand footprint now than ever before, and that includes on print. And that's largely to do with um, my brilliant team, of course, and the brilliant content we create. But also, I think as a nation, we took stock of our own health and well-being because it was put under threat by COVID. So I think more and more women than ever, more women than ever, are now engaging in wellness and are coming to a trusted brand like Women's Health to consume their wellness content because they know it's science-backed and thoroughly researched, gone through editorial scrutiny, and you know that you can trust it. Um, We're the leading wellness brand for good reason, and... We, we have grown on all platforms. We did grow digitally massively, as did everyone, which is wonderful. But we've also grown in print. So the, the, the print brand is as strong as ever. Oh, amazing. Well, I, I always look for it and grab it off the shelves. That is for sure. So my busy mumsies, let me ask you this. Have you tried a cleanse? I do these regularly as they have such a positive impact on my overall well-being. And as you know, from listening to the show, the whole concept of this podcast was to inspire and motivate, plus share some of the things that help other successful mama bears to be at their best. So when I do find things that I know can make a positive impact for you, I am beyond excited to share. And my sponsor of today's episode, Radiance Cleanse, is definitely one of my secret hacks for making me feel cleaner and brighter, energized, and revitalized. So I know you're probably like, oh, a cleanse, but let me tell you, a cleanse is your opportunity to cut out processed, heavy, unhealthy foods and instead nourish your body with easily digestible and nutritious juices made from the highest quality organic fruit and vegetables. I love the team at Radiance. And not just because they make cleanses taste amazing. Seriously, you will see what I mean when you try this out for yourself. But I also really appreciate the experienced client service team who are on hand to help schedule your cleanse and support you right through until your post-cleanse eating, which is a super important part of the process. Radiance provides carefully designed at-home cleanses based on organic, cold-pressed, and raw juices. And being a Busy Mumsy podcast listener, you can get an exclusive 10% discount at Radiance Cleanse by using my special code, Ashley10 at checkout. Yes, that code can be used on all Radiance Cleansing programs and juice boxes. So head to the link in the show notes right now and don't forget to use the listener only code, Ashley10, for that beautiful 10% off of any purchase of a delicious organic cold press raw juice. So for that um, striving, expecting mom out there that is listening to this, um, you know, even going back to when you found out you were uh, expecting Zachary and you still had the dreams and you sit at a very high platform now with Women's Health Magazine. What would be your advice to anyone listening that falls pregnant, but still there is nothing wrong with wanting to do it all. And you you encapsulate doing it all. What would be your advice that you can give to a listener that really wants to keep that engine going and and full speed ahead? I think you have to accept that you can do it all, 
but some things are going to have to give and there is nothing wrong with that you so there will be times when you are brilliant at your job but there may be part of your family life that's struggling a bit that you think you could be doing better and then that balance will flip and you're you're smashing it as being a mum but maybe there's things at work that you feel are being let slip that's just life you cannot be perfect at everything at every time that's that no one is unless you've got a huge amount of money at your disposal and you can get help in every direction of your life I don't have a huge amount of money at disposal so I can't have have loads of help so you just need to be realistic about your expectations upon yourself and when you do become a mum and you want to continue with your career, you will be become brilliant at time management, more so than you ever realised before. I love employing working mothers, and I've heard many managers saying this because they don't waste time. They just get in, get stuff done, and get out because they've got other stuff to do. And they know that when they get home, they've got children to deal with, pack lunches, school uniform to sort out so they can't work into the evening so they'll get stuff done when they need to do and they don't procrastinate needlessly so so yes that would be my advice just just you are not perfect no one is perfect and that but you are good enough and that is good enough brilliant well, thank you so much for coming on for a busy mumsy chat I mean I I definitely love those last words because um, it is giving yourself grace and it is mm. allowing, you know, to put in your mind that you can do it, you can do it and don't wipe away the, the, the engine in your brain that keeps, you know, pushing you forward because, you know, you never know what tomorrow's going to bring. Yeah. Right. So well, and we learned that in 2020. You just, t- you just touched upon self doubt there. And before we finish, I'll just tell you um, a, a quick story. When I was headhunted for the woman's health job, I had just come off maternity leave. I'd taken a year's maternity leave with Nell, my second, and I was headhunted about the woman's health job. And my immediate reaction was, no, I can't do it. It's too much of a big job. I've got two young kids. I had a one-year-old. I'd just come back from maternity when um, if anyone who's had a baby and gone back to work after maternity, they know it's almost like your your thinking process has slowed somewhat and your brain is a muscle which you need to train. And both times when I've come back from maternity, I've been sat in meetings thinking, I'm not thinking as quick as everyone else. So people would be saying things and I would be thinking, I was thinking that, but it was almost like I couldn't connect the thoughts in my brain to come out of my mouth quick enough, you know, and everyone seemed to be much sharper than me. That's normal. You soon get it back. But my immediate reaction, even though women's health was my dream job, and it and it absolutely was, I used to say um, on the late nights when I was working at Look, one day I'm going to edit women's health. So it was my absolute dream job. But when I was headhunted, my immediate reaction admittedly for about 10 minutes, was, no, that's too much of a big job. I've, I've got too much on my plate. But I took the meeting because my advice to anyone is always take the meeting because um, if that person doesn't become useful to you in that precise time, the person whom you meet may become useful in six months to a year. It's all about networking. And thank God I stamped on that self-doubt and went to the meeting. And by the time I left it, 60 minutes later, I wanted that job and I was going to do everything I could to get that job. Yes, it was going to be hard. I look back now and I think, God, how did I do it? I had a 12-month-old and I had a four-year-old or a three-and-a-half-year-old at home, a husband who lived in London during the week, so I was a single mum. Yes, I had a living au pair, but 
you know, 19-year-old German teenager. It wasn't like it was a qualified nanny. So that itself came with its its own challenges. You know, it was, it was help, but also you had to help them. But I believed in myself and I believed that I could make it work. So don't listen to the self-doubt. We're, we're, you know, that is the biggest saboteur on your success is self-doubt. Just talk yourself out of it and just go for it. You know, I, I, I call that self-doubt crew the itty-bitty shitty committee. And, yeah. and I seriously, and it's, and it's so wonderful to hear that you have struggled with that and you've been able to wipe that itty bitty shitty committee out of the way. And it, listen, we are not perfect. It's, yeah. it's like sort of like relishing in that unperfect, perfect world. Right. And it's so inspiring to see that you have thrived and survived with getting mm. to your career magic job, which is the editor-in-chief of Women's Health, but also navigate motherhood, which, yeah. you know, for our listeners and, and even for the dads out there that are also figuring it out, being a parent, loving a child takes an army and it takes a lot of fails and a lot of grace yeah. to go along with it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it truly is just so inspiring to, um, to have seen where you started to now where you are. And what I, I do have to ask, so what is the trajectory of, of 2023 for you with women's health? So the big, the big, um, project that we're working on at women's health is our membership platform called women's health collective. It's live, it's launched. We're in the early stages where, Make it improvements and changes. It's going to get even better, but that's the the big push for us at the moment is for to create um, a membership platform so you can become a three hundred and sixty member of Women's Health, so you get access to all the printed digital content, but lots around that as well, such as live events and private social media accounts, etc. So that is my priority at the moment, along with continuing to grow to grow the brand um project licensing agreement growing digitally i'd love to do more in real life events i've really missed meeting the audience in person um i loved that part of my job and i i love speaking to the women who engage with the brand and because of covid understandably that hasn't happened for two years we have done two smaller events already this year but i would love to see that part of the brand come back to life so i can get out there and, and meet the audience and and have them tell me good or bad what they think of women's health and where we can improve well i have no doubt with uh the the workhorse that you are that you will make that happen in the very very near future well, thank you again for your time, Claire. All right, then, love you. See you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Busy Mumsy Podcast. If you have enjoyed this week's show, then please, please give it some extra love wherever you download your podcast and give it a five-star rating, a high five, a kickball change, a yes, yes, go Busy Mumsies. And don't forget, you can find out more information about this week's guest, what we discussed, and everything else related to the world of Busy Mumsy by clicking the link in the show notes down below. Before we sign off, I have to give one final shout out to the brilliant team 
team over at Radiance Cleanse, who are my much-loved sponsors for this episode. This brand, which I regularly use for my own cleanses, was the UK's first Soil Association Certified Organic Juice Cleanse Company and the first to offer an all-green cleanse. If you have never done a cleanse before, do it. You have nothing to lose and so much health and wellness to gain. For more info, head to the link in the show notes right now and don't forget to use the listener-only code Ashley 10. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y 10. When you check out to get that 10% off your purchase of delicious organic cold press raw juices. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.